Super Talk Mississippi media production. Let's talk college football. We're going to be doing it every week here on Thunder and Lightning. Jacob Hester joins me, former LSU running back, host of Off the Bench down on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge, and I'm off campus on uh, Channel 84, Sirius Sports Radio, College Sports Radio. Jacob, LSU, that's obviously your area of expertise, so we'll start with the Tigers, the defending SEC West champions. Are they prepared this year to be the hunted? It's a great question, and glad to be here. Always glad to talk college football, certainly SEC football. And, yeah, it's a question for LSU. Can they now, that they're not going to surprise anyone, go win the SEC West? But I really think that they have the team that is built to make a real run because when you look at what's not coming back in the SEC, it's a lot of starting quarterbacks at some of the premier programs. LSU has that. In fact, I think LSU has multiple quarterbacks coming back. Garrett Nussmeyer being the backup there and Jaden Daniels certainly being the starter. So I do think that gives them a big advantage. Like right now, when you look at the SEC West, there's a lot of uncertainty at that position. Even if like you feel like you have a good one, like Ole Miss does, like they still have three quarterbacks maybe that are in that battle, certainly two. And then you look at the Alabama situation, them going to get Tyler Buckner out of the transfer portal tells you a lot of where they think their quarterbacks quarterbacks are right now not to say that Ty Simpson and Eli Holstein and Milrow can't be in the future good quarterbacks but right now they don't think that they're ready to maybe be QB1 so yeah what's going on at LSU but also what's going on around them and I think when you're talking just LSU I do think they've done a really nice job in the transfer portal not a lot of changes they only add 12 players but I think they had some needs that had to be met in the transfer portal they've done a nice job of meeting those needs Omar Spates from Oregon State that's a guy that I think is going to be an all-conference player uh you know doing off campus we go across the country obviously we don't you know just cover the SEC so I've watched a lot of Pac-12 football and that was someone that he stood out to me in the middle of that Oregon State defense. Oregon State, if SEC fans don't know, I mean, they're 10-3 and football team and beat up on Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl, and they were a tough, physical brand of football. And Omar Spade's going to be a big addition for the Tigers. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. There's no tiptoeing around, and Brian Kelly is not really running from that. Some of the comments that we've seen, he knows. He realizes what they did a year ago in only year number one. So, it's going to be exciting. I think LSU, though, does have what it takes to repeat as SEC West champs. And so that sort of lends into itself to a natural question, right? Because when you've been the SEC West champion the past few years, it's, it's mean, it means you're in the national championship discussion. LSU, obviously, last year, a three-loss team had a non-conference loss and had two losses in conference play. Are the Tigers a legit national championship contender this year? <laughs> I think they're right there on the verge of that. And look, this is not a homer take or purple and gold glasses. I just think when you look at the roster. Well, we leave when that you... to T-Bob, man. <laughs> there, <laughs> hey, there we go. Absolutely. Let's throw the shade of my co-host there. But when you look at the makeup of the team, you're one. I mean, think about all the things that they did in completely changing what that roster was. I mean, we all saw LSU limp out of the Texas ball against Kansas State. 38 scholarship players. It looked like it was going to be a long rebuild, even with a Brian Kelly. Then all of a sudden, you make a couple of moves, you bring a couple of people in, you add to the coaching staff, and you are playing in Atlanta against like a team that wasn't going to lose in Georgia, but like you had moments even in that game. And then you finish off strong with a win against Purdue in a bowl game. But they they have the pieces. They they truly do. When you look at uh, going back to quarterback, you return all of your offensive line. Basically, you return you know your Malik neighbors who he didn't get the headlines that Kayshawn Booty did, but he was your number one receiver. You like where that room's at. 
So a lot of the questions have been answered. You still have some. Who's going to be the lead running back, right? You have a group right now. You have a running back by committee, but who's going to take the reins of RB1? When you look at the defensive side of the football, who's going to be your edge rusher? Who takes over for B.J. Ojolari, who was a second-round draft choice and was a really good player for you for three years? You're going to move Harold Perkins you know, from like an edge defender to more of a stacked Mike linebacker position, which I actually really think is smart for the defense, but who's going to take over that position? So there's still some question marks. This roster is not perfect, but it is a roster that they certainly can get back to Atlanta. And as you know, once you get there, who knows? And they have the players to certainly get back to that position and maybe surprise, you know, a team or two. What about in the East? Is Tennessee in that discussion for you? Obviously, we, we know what Georgia has, and, and their schedule lends itself to thinking they'll probably go undefeated, whereas Tennessee has to play Alabama and Georgia. But is Tennessee a, a, a contender in the SEC and then in the national picture for you? I think they are. I mean, obviously, at quarterback, like we think, Milton's going to be able to go out there and do some of the things that he has shown in a short period of time in that uniform. Now he's been in a couple of uniforms, and he's definitely made some ooh in our plays but i really think when you look at the top to bottom of the east it might be stronger than the west i think there's question marks in the west not to say that it can't because we are going to ask questions okay you know obviously mississippi state's going to have a a new scheme and they're going to have some new things going on there okay can they replicate you know being a nine-win team a year ago texas a&m is always the great unknown so there's question marks in the West, like over in the East, I think Tennessee is going to be a solid football team. I think Devin Leary going to Kentucky. That's a player that at NC State broke all Phillip Rivers records at NC State. Last year, he was obviously injured and didn't have the year that he was set up to have. So that's very interesting to me, replacing Will Levis. The way South Carolina ended the season a year ago. I mean, you're talking about an offense that for the final two regular season games in a bowl game was as hot as any offense in the country, what they did to Tennessee, what they did to Clemson, the points they put up against Notre Dame. So South Carolina is not going to be, Hey, we'll roll the helmets out there and get a victory. Uh, Florida wildly enough is a team that we haven't even mentioned yet because you just really don't know. I mean, Florida Vegas win total five and a half. Like when's the last time we saw a number even close to that for the Florida Gators and, and Missouri, obviously with the defense and Blake Baker, probably played Georgia the best of any team that Georgia played a year ago. So I think the East is going to have a lot of depth. So even if Tennessee to back, you know, to your original question, even if they do maybe have that caliber of a team, I do think the East is going to be very difficult to navigate for everyone outside of Georgia because they do look like the behemoth that's going to be unstoppable. You sort of hit on my next question there. You know, in the West, we 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 sort of know Alabama, LSU, that's going to be one, two in some order. Georgia, Tennessee in the East. Who's the third best team in each division? That is a great question because I do think it you got a you got a two and two situation. I am in the West. God, there's so many questions when you look at the Auburn Tigers. Like we didn't even mention them. Yeah. That's gonna be a question mark. Okay, sitting here in, in at the beginning of May, I will go Ole Miss third in the West. And then when you look over in the East, I am a big, big fan of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Like today on off campus, we are going to do a full breakdown of South Carolina. And I think they have returning pieces. I think Shane Beamer is the perfect coach to be the South Carolina head coach. Remember, he was an assistant there when they won 11 games with Steve Spurrier. So he knows what it looks like to win football games and win at a very high clip there. So can they make that jump, right? 
can they make it for a full season? I gave you what they did the last three games, but if you're a South Carolina fan, can they compete at that level or close to that level for a full season? Because they've got Jimmys and Joes, and they have the coaching staff there, but you need to be consistent. Now, obviously, Spencer Rattler, it's going to really start and finish with him, but that's a, that's a very tough question because like, even that two can change. Right. It's Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina for me. And if they finish in any order, two and three, it will not surprise me. Now, if Georgia doesn't finish one, that would be the complete surprise. But that question in the East is tough. And then like going back to the West, I mean, I mentioned Ole Miss there. And Ole Miss is certainly a team because I think what you have in Jackson Dart and if Spencer Sanders finds his way, if something happened with Dart, you still have a quarterback that started four years in the Big 12. And so you like where they're at as far as quarterback health. You don't know right now about Mississippi State, even though they did finish third in the West a year ago. Arkansas still there. So, I mean, you know, K.J. Jefferson, again, having a quarterback come back is very crucial for me in this year of college football, maybe more so than any with all the movement that we've had, though. But if you're giving me to give you a final answer here in the middle of May, I'll go Ole Miss Rebels, third best team in the West. Sort of the same question, but let's talk about position groups and let's talk about one that you should know a thing or two about the running backs. You know, again, the top two seem like they're pretty obvious. Quinshawn Judkins, Rocket Sanders is who's probably going to be on everybody's ballot for first team all SEC when we get to media days. Who are some other running backs in the conference this year that you have an eye on? So you're going to be starting over in a couple of different places. And so that's going to be, okay, can you take the reins? Can you take over that job? Because like even places that had committee, like you still, you're losing multiple running backs there. So like the Auburn situation, like that's one that, okay, we got to see, we got to see what's going to happen there because you're losing a really good back in tank Bixby. And so he was somebody that was, in my opinion, underutilized, but still you knew the talent that he had. So you'll be paying attention to kind of see who takes over that spot there. Like as far as like returning guys, I mentioned LSU a little bit earlier because they they kind of in a weird spot. They return, you know, Josh Williams, a former walk-on. They return Noah Kane, transfer from Penn State. John Emery, still a situation, and we've seen this in John Emery's career. Uh, right now he's working on uh, academics, and so we don't really know what his availability is going to be, but we have seen what he can do when he is in the lineup. I mean, the Auburn game, you probably don't win that game without John Emery a year ago. Armani Goodwin is a player. They got 45 carries a year ago. So like a running back situation, that's certainly going to be one that I'm paying attention to. Which one of those backs for LSU? If you want to be a true contender, which one of those backs can take over? Because I don't think you need necessarily like a bell cow, like an RB1 and a bell cow. That to me is a different situation. Okay. A bell cow is somebody that, you know, is going to go out. It's what Clyde Edward D'Lair was for LSU back in 2019. He played 93% of the snaps. He led all division one running backs in snaps played for his offense. He was the bell cow, right? You had some other guys that would come in very, very spot duty, but he was going to be in there. An RB1, you can have four running backs that play and still have an RB1. I was a part of a running back rotation where I was the number one running back, but we had Keelan Williams, we had Charles Scott, we had Trenton Holiday, we had Richard Murphy, we had all these guys that played behind me that had you know at least 50 carries apiece. And so you can still have that rotation, but you kind of need that RB1, the guy that – when it's third and 11, Brian, like you know that you can put him in there. You can count on him to know what to do, to pick up his blocking assignment, to run the right route, all of those type of things. And so when you look across the SEC, you have a lot of those situations. Like when you look at the national champ, okay, you're losing McIntosh. Like he was RB1. Edwards had 140 carries. But 
How do you replace McIntosh? Well, can Kendall Milton, a player that averaged seven yards per rush a year ago, can he step up? Can he be that guy? So really there's a lot of places across the SEC that we know the names. Like we know who Kendall Milton is, but can he step up? Can he be a running back that goes with some of the better running backs in the league? You don't have that many true returners even Ole Miss who has the guy that you're talking about right I mean he is you know unquestioned he is going to be the best back at least in the preseason in the SEC well he loses Zach Evans and so can Juckins be the same guy without Zach Evans right because he was certainly Batman but now he loses his Robin so can somebody else step up in that position to help him out because Juckins ran for over 1500 yards but Zach Evans almost ran for a thousand. So that was a nice one, two punch and kind of gave him some different looks when he was in there because defenses had to respect both of them. So it's a, it's a very unique year in running back for the sec, because even the guys that we know can do it, they had a partner in crime to do it with them a year ago. In a lot of cases, that partner got drafted to the NFL. When you look at the sec, I mean, Mississippi state, obviously getting away from the air raid, they're going to be a much more run heavy team this year. Alabama bringing in Tommy Reese makes me think they're going to be running the football. Georgia likes to run the football for all the flash of Lane Kiffin. I mean, that's a running offense. They've led the, the conference in yep. Russian in the past years is offense in, in college football trending back towards the run. Oh man, be still my beating heart. About I mean, say, man, this is right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> here, man. You my language. I, look, I, I hope so. I truly do it. Look, you can you can win at the highest level. We've seen it with Georgia running the football. Like you don't have to be. Let me go throw it sixty times a game. Do you have to throw it more and be more open than you were when I was playing in two thousand and seven? Absolutely, you do. But there is a way to do both. There's a way to be unique in how you do it. You don't have to line up under center anymore and run the football. You can still do it out of 11 personnel with one tight end, one back, and three receivers. Now, your receivers have to be really good on the edge, but if you take a look at TCU, I think TCU is a really good example out of the Big 12. Certainly, we saw them in the national championship game a year ago. They run everything out of 11 personnel. Everything in their in, in their running game is kind of available. Like they will find a way. Now you had a running quarterback in Max Duggan, so you could run some Q power, and the running back would become a part of the blocking scheme. But you can become creative. You can do it at multiple looks, and that way you don't have to you know go old school because it is probably pretty difficult to recruit to that now. We understand that pro style offenses in high school. I mean that's like finding a unicorn somewhere. We understand that that does not exists, but you can still run those same schemes. Like running scheme doesn't start because the quarterback's under center or if he's in gun. A running scheme, a zone, a counter, a power, an ISO is the blocking scheme. And so you have to be creative. You can find a way to do it. I think Todd Munkin actually did a really nice job at Georgia a year ago doing that. That's why Todd Munkin's going to a team like the Ravens because what are the Ravens in the NFL? Well, they're very creative. They have a very unique personnel package that they can put together and they can do those type of things. And so I love the fact, and, and you mentioned Ole Miss. Ole Miss does a great job of it. Ole Miss isn't going to get under center and run that, but they're going to be the leading rushing team in the SEC because they still find a way. All of their run game is going to be up out of 11 personnel, out of 12 personnel, whatever it might be. What I love to see 21 and 22 personnel come back and be in vogue with a fullback, I would. It's not going to happen, but it does not mean that you can't find your way to being a tough, hard-nosed, physical running team. And Mississippi State, you mentioned them as well. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge in year number one because the air raid, and I still think the air raid can be successful 
but you recruit to the air raid, okay? You recruit the offensive linemen to the air raid. You recruit kind of skill sets to the air raid. You recruit mentalities to the air raid. Can you truly, in one year, overhaul everything you're doing and try to be a hard-nosed physical run team? Yet to be seen because we've seen this like a lot of times, and it's okay because it's built into the offense, but a run for them would be a quick swing pass. Lots of toss in the air raid. Well, if you're going to change that system, it could take more than just one year to kind of get to that. But look, we've seen crazier things now more than ever. You can't you can't overhaul a lot of things in one year in college football. Let's sort of finish up on Mississippi State, and, and you sort of hit on something right there. But as an outsider, someone who covers LSU more than anything but covers college football as a whole, what are your questions about Mississippi State this upcoming season? I just want to see what it's going to look like. What are you going to ask Will Rogers to do? Because you've got a quarterback that you can trust maybe as much as any quarterback coming back in the SEC. Now, I've always said this. I think Will Rogers would succeed in any style offense. It would bother me at times when people would say he's a system quarterback. I don't think Will Rogers is that. I think he's just a really good quarterback. And so I feel good about where they're at at quarterback. When you start asking me, okay, what are your concerns? In defense, obviously, like Arnett is a guy that highly respected. Like I, I've lived in San Diego for a while. I would hear things about when he was at San Diego State and how much they loved him there and the things he would do defensively. And then, of course, we've seen it play over here in the SEC. I'm not worried about that side of the football. Nothing changes on that side. But up front, on the offensive side of the football, again, not really even necessarily body type. Body type plays into this a little bit, but mentality. Can you up front win the line of scrimmage to be able to do what you want to do offensively? Your quarterback can make the throws. Okay, can you hold up long enough? The pass protection is going to be different. It's not just in the run game. Can your receivers, right, they're going to be asked to run different route trees. Can they get open? It's a different scheme for them. They have to read it differently than they read a Michael Leach offense. And so defense, if you're a Mississippi State fan, I truly think, like, and you play a, a unique style as well. I love the 3-3-5 the elements, a lot of cover zero, a lot of aggression over there from Zach Arnett. But offensively, in one year, can you change your mentality and do the things that they're going to ask you to do? Again, you got the hardest part figured out, in my opinion, the quarterback position. I would go next to the offensive line, and then I would go to the receiver position because Mississippi State's going to have a running back. That's just that 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 program has always had just a hard, tough downhill, even in the air raid. Like they would like they put a back back there and I'm like, man, I'd, I'd love to see that guy run inside zone with a tight end attached to the line of scrimmage. Like, so that's not ever a worry for me. And last year you had Marks and you had uh, Johnson. I think well, Price got a little time there at the end last year as well. So that's a position that I don't ever really worry about with them. And again, having the quarterback figured out the most important part. But if you're a Mississippi State fan, first game of the year, Watch the offensive line. Watch the receivers. That's where your offense has to make the overhaul changes for you to be successful. Outstanding stuff, Jacob. Jacob Hester, man, really appreciate your time today. Uh, check him out, like I said, off the bench down in Baton Rouge, if you're in that area, ESPN 104.5 with one of my favorites, Rivers Huey. I don't know. And, and, I, and I like T-Bob okay, too. <laughs> she did say, make sure that you tell him I said hello. So, yeah, she uh, 
She like, takes right. care of uh, me and T-Bob. Make sure you know we're doing the right things. Make sure we're you know showing up on time and different things. And always All I want ha- you having to do to with Rivers us. is make sure she never steps foot in Duty Noble again because every time she walks through the gate, they lose. Yeah, so. is that is that is like one of the wildest things. It really it's a real is. thing. It, it, it is a real thing. thing. So Mississippi State is traveling to Baton Rouge to take on the Tigers this well, no, weekend. No, we're not talking about baseball. No, no, no. Who's, I know. We've moved know. on, Jacob. We've I moved know. on. I know, but I'm trying to find tickets for her so i know lsu wins i don't think you have to worry about it i'll be honest with you Jacob. hey hey you never know you never know that is a funny game and the way the ball bounces and all that right so you never know so i'm just trying to you know i'm trying to lock up victory here sometimes you know jacob thanks (laughs) absolutely you bet a super talk mississippi media production